podcast for giftware and specialty food artisans who want to work smarter, earn more, and live better. Hosted by Stefan Normantis. Hello, folks, and welcome to Artisans Who Wholesale. Today, I am really happy to welcome Nancy Marshall. Many know Nancy as the PR maven, but I am glad to know her as a friend. She and her team do a great job for their clients. Um, so today, I'd like to jump right in and learn more about Nancy and her work and a little more about PR and how it might benefit uh, someone's business. So Nancy, welcome and tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Steph. It's a pleasure to be here with you, my friend. So about myself, well, I had a wonderful upbringing uh, as a child in, uh, I actually grew up in Connecticut and a family that was um, very engaged with skiing and a lot of ac- outdoor activities. And actually skiing was sort of uh, a thread that ran through my life right into my adulthood when I actually became the director of communications at Sugarloaf. Mm-hmm. which is Maine's largest ski resort. Awesome. I um, I felt like it was sort of a dream come true when I moved there uh, in 1984 to be the director of communications. And um, I had sort of this fantasy life because I had a condo on the mountain and I had this great job with an expense account. My job was basically to entertain media people who came up. So I'd, I'd invite people from... TV stations, radio stations, newspapers, magazines, and um, I was able to put them up in the hotel or condos and then ski with them and take them out to eat and take them out at night to show them all the nightlife. And, um, and yeah, that was all like that's part dreamy, of my job. Nancy. <laughs> that is a total dream job. That is. I know. When I think back, it's like, wow, how was I so lucky? That's a but, good thing. I think I actually discovered public relations and realized that it was sort of what I was born to do. Uh, When I was 17, uh, my dad worked for Westinghouse Electric Corporation, and he knew that um, public relations would be a good profession with me. So he set me up for actually a week-long job shadowing opportunity in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with the Westinghouse uh, PR team. So um, I was very lucky to be able to, I went down there and I stayed with one of the women and I've lost touch with her, but she uh, hosted me and brought me to work every day. And I got to see, uh, you know, the inner workings of corporate PR. And at that time I said, wow, this is just everything that I want to do, you know. That's it a great involved experience. communicating and yeah. uh, writing and speaking. And yeah, mm-hmm. so it was just what I wanted to do. Can you back up just for a second, Nancy, for the benefit of those? I know there's a lot of terms, whether marketing, advertising, PR. Do you mind just explaining, in your opinion, what you th- uh, what PR is and the value, what public relations uh, can do for a business? Sure. I look at PR as part of an overall integrated marketing program. PR particularly, I feel, is uh, is communicating with specific targeted publics. And 
One of those publics would be the media. Now, uh, media relations specifically has been sort of my superpower, you know, (laughs) identifying journalists and then reaching out to them and pitching stories, which um, you have to come up with a newsworthy angle. It can't be just like, hey, do a story about my business because I am awesome. (laughs) You you cannot really do that. If you do that, they're going to say, call the advertising department and pay that so that's mm-hmm. there's a difference between PR which is uh, suggesting story ideas and then advertising which involves paying but then you are able to totally control the message mm-hmm. uh, with public relations or specifically media relations you have to suggest a story and then provide all the information or in some cases with tourism it's providing an experience that the journalist then writes about but sometimes they'll write some negative things and you have to be ready for that um it's not all rosy all the time with unpaid media mm-hmm. no there's uh, plenty now, of stories part- above the flow that uh, are not yeah. what you <laughs> necessarily would like exactly yeah especially like on page one of a newspaper you know a lot of times those are going to be stories that have sort of a a negative side and uh and again part of pr is actually being ready to respond if something like that happens you know Mm -hmm. how do you how do you kind of control the message as much as possible afterwards? Now, you mentioned a little bit about uh, your superpowers. Um, so tell me a little bit more about kind of current. What's your role in, in your agency? And um, how did you evolve to be the PR maven? <laughs> well, yes, I, I started my agency 26 years ago. And luckily, I have had a very good team of people and and Charlene Williams joined me 22 years ago, and she is really a key person. Many in, in, in business circles, you'd call her my integrator, and you'd call me the visionary. So as a visionary, I come up with the ideas, and I am out there making connections and building the broader network. But then she actually works on a day-to-day basis with our staff, which consists of 12 people Mm -hmm. to make sure that everything gets implemented as promised. And I think of that as your brand or Mm -hmm. your reputation, which is actually delivering on the promises day in and day out so that people know they can count on and rely on you. Um, So I look at my role as the the one well for one thing I'm broadening our network on a const, you know on an ongoing basis adding more contacts building our reputation and then luckily Charlene and my team of account supervisors and graphic artists and business managers and um all of the the wonderful team members that they're implementing it on a day-to-day basis. That's terrific. As far as the PR maven, you know, I got very interested a few years ago in something called personal branding, which is actually reputation building, building your personal and professional reputation. And, you know, somebody had called me the main PR maven with, and the word maven kind of mm-hmm. infers uh, being an expert. Mm-hmm. And I actually decided that I would trademark myself as mm-hmm. the PR maven. And it was a bold move because obviously, you know, all across the country and around the world, there's a lot of other mm-hmm. experts in mm-hmm. PR. Yeah. <laughs> but I decided to like 
put a stake in the ground and say, that's what I am. And, um, you know, I, I try to be a thought leader and, um, you know, try to, yesterday, for example, I did a speaking engagement on how human resources or HR people can work together with the PR people to tell the story of a company or organization. Yeah. Terrific. Terrific. That's great. Um, so let's jump into what you've learned, uh, you know, after almost 30 years in, in, um, uh, in, in having your own agency. Uh, what, what are the best practices that you share with your clients? And I'm sure that's changed as, you know, certainly, uh, the different tools that have emerged have shifted. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I, when I started my business, um, there was no internet. And I mean, obviously the internet, has changed all, you know, the way all of us do business in my mind for the better. But, Mm -hmm. um, I think that the, what I share with my clients, um, is the importance of having a plan. Yeah. Uh, because for so many years when I was in early, in the early days of my career, I had no plan. I just was like busy, busy, busy doing all this stuff Mm -hmm. and making, creating ads and brochures and, press releases and just doing stuff, but not ever having any idea where it was getting us. Mm -hmm. So I actually, after having my agency for several years, created something called the Marshall Plan. Mm -hmm. And um, that was based on the reconstruction of Europe after World War II, which was the original Marshall Plan. Uh, But I I now have a a trademark on that term. And um, we walk through this 65 step process over the course of three months with our clients to create a very, very detailed plan that has uh, ways of measuring your success on an ongoing basis and reporting out your, your, your metrics of success. But it has very specific goals, strategies, tactics, and timelines and budgets. That's so great. you know exactly how long it's going to take you to get something done, how much it will cost, mm-hmm. and then how to figure out whether it was successful or not. That sounds like a great blueprint. What do you, aside from the lack of planning, what do you see as the most common missteps for different businesses and organizations? What do they miss? Well, I think a lot of people in Maine and and I think a lot of crafts people are very humble. Mm-hmm. And in their uh, humility, they miss opportunities to tell their story. And really, um, telling your story is one of the most cost effective and one of the most effective ways mm-hmm. of building your brand because that your story and your background and your history, that's what differentiates you from all the other people who make jam and jelly mm-hmm. or baskets or paint, watercolor paint, whatever Mm -hmm. um, you're creating. So it's the story. So, you know, for example, I'm in my condo right now, and I have these beautiful paintings by a friend of mine named Patricia Rizzo, who's from Falmouth, Maine. And when I look at each of the paintings that she's, or that I have uh, from Patty, each one to me is part of her story. And because I know her story, uh, these paintings really resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I know your audience is people who make things. And I think that they need to, to sort of figure out what is their story? Mm-hmm. How do they want to tell it and then tell it 
every chance and in every medium they can get, whether it's doing podcasts like this or being interviewed by the newspaper or doing a speaking engagement with the Chamber of Commerce or having a Facebook page where they're constantly uh, posting about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's so true. That's such good advice, Nancy. I know, um, you know, we're all drawn to story. We all want to connect with a bigger story. And there's nothing that I think, our, you know, the mind engages with more than like, all right, you know, what's the journey and, and what's the passion behind, um, behind, you know, somebody's, you know, somebody's creation. Yeah. You know, the other night I heard Erin French speak. She is... Uh, the owner of the Lost Kitchen, which is a restaurant in Freedom, Maine, that has been unbelievably oh, successful. Right. Yeah. yeah, she spoke in Portland the other night, and she just has the most amazing story. Mm-hmm. And part of it is, you know, she fell into the depths of depression and had a failed marriage and, you know, was nearly bankrupt. And, you know, she had, as an adult, had to go live with her parents, and she had a young child, no husband and Mm -hmm. no money, but she, you know, through friends, she was offered this space in an old broken down mill, but she had a vision of how she could make it into a beautiful setting for a Mm -hmm. restaurant. And, uh, and it's truly like this, like very riveting story. And she actually recently published her own cookbook mm-hmm. where she shares her recipes and her story. Um, and I just think she is just a perfect example. And, you know, the other thing that makes her story so great is that she has principles and personal values. Like mm-hmm. she's had a lot of offers to have more lost kitchens in yeah. places like Las Vegas and mm-hmm. New York City. But she doesn't want to do that because she wants to stick to her one location because she feels like that's really, uh, that's where the Lost Kitchen was founded. And that's how she wants to do that to the best of her ability. But she doesn't want to make it into an olive garden, for example, and have a chain. So it's very admirable. Yeah. No, staying aligned in that way can be really hard when the offers and the opportunities come in. Then it's sort of like, oh, you know, you know, that, that can, those can be hard decisions if you don't have that really essence of like, okay, this is what I value. This is who I am. So. Yeah. She definitely has an internal compass that I admire. Tremendously. That's great. What else, Nancy, do you see for uh, successful businesses? What are they doing? They've got a great story. They they kind of shout it out. What else? I think um, building your list of email addresses, um, a, a very good email list can be the greatest asset for any business mm-hmm. and uh, sending out a monthly e-newsletter uh, it's very effective. I mean, people might think that everyone's inboxes are overloaded with mail, but if you provide an email newsletter that really has good information and that perhaps might help your uh, readers somehow, but just furthers your connection with them, uh, that's really valuable. And you can use tools such as MailChimp or Constant Contact to send out an e-newsletter really cost effectively. And I would be really uh, disciplined about, you know, sending it out every single month. It's like the pounding the drum, you mm-hmm. know, the drum beat of your brand and just 
continuing to tell people that you're alive, you're making things, you're in business and you, you know, you want to serve them and be part of their lives. Yeah. That consistency is so important. That's the, uh, uh, that's uh, an easy part to miss when life happens. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, we do one on the last Tuesday of every month, uh, rain or shine or yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, even if it's a holiday, uh, it's a, it's really, um, that we do it every single month and, We've just institutionalized it on our team. Mm -hmm. And I know how hard it is, you know, if you're just a one-person business and you're trying to, uh, you know, sell products mm -hmm. and do what you do. But um, I, I think that marketing and email marketing specifically are, are one of the most cost-effective ways of promoting yourself That's great. and your products. That's great. So let's move over uh, a little bit onto the side of your own work. Um, you mentioned earlier that PR was what you were born to do, and I would second that. Um, what is the most energizing part for you in the in your work? And and then on the flip side, what's the biggest challenge you're encountering? Well, for me, the most there's two things I guess that are most energizing. One is uh, when we create a Marshall plan for a client. And then actually see them implement it and then see how they're able to really start achieving their goals. I was just with a, a past client from Thornton Academy, mm -hmm. actually, which is in your hometown. Yeah. And we did a Marshall plan for them uh, last year. And uh, they're just having so much success. And actually, um, we helped identify many people from the staff there who took on new roles because of the work we did together in the, in the planning process. And um, they're just having such great success and they feel so uh, they feel so good about it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just, it's like, wow, you know, I, I was able to bring this process mm -hmm. that I've winnowed and honed over the years and bring that to them. And then they totally embraced it, engaged in it, and now they're seeing the, the rewards. So for me, that's very satisfying. And the other thing that's really satisfying is seeing my own employees learn to love the profession the way I always have. And, um, you know, when I, ha I have a lot of younger people who, you know, have not been in the business 30 years the way <laughs> I have, but they're learning every day and, yeah, you know, I think that's really important, especially with the speed of uh, internet marketing and all the all the things that are happening with social media marketing. You just gotta learn something new every day. And um, when I see my employees doing that, learning, and also sharing what they've learned, and then coming when they come together as a team to create a proposal for a new client and. Uh, are offering just all this amazing service. And a lot of times they're coming up with things that are just totally cutting edge that I might not even be aware of, mm -hmm. but um, it, that gives me great joy. It's like, wow, this, this, this is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's happening. And when I don't have to like, to, you know, totally lead them yeah. step by step, but they're, um, they're teaching, they're learning and teaching each other. That's just there's nothing better than that. That's great. And how about the biggest challenge? What is, uh, you know, the uh, on the horizon for you as far as 
the next challenge? Well, there's just not enough hours in the day. Again, um, you know, the speed at which things are changing. For example, you know, this is probably one of the questions you're going to ask is we're, we're just starting to use HubSpot, mm-hmm. which is um, a sales and marketing contact or customer management system. And um, HubSpot has a free application that you can use to keep track of all of your prospective and current clients. And it's sort of a sort of like Salesforce. It sort of helps you follow up. And um, so uh, we're starting to use that. And I haven't had a chance to go through the, they have all these resources, tutorial videos, and I haven't had a chance to go through those. Um, I really want to, but my, my team members are doing it and I, I want to be part of that. I want to like spend more time with all of my current clients because they're just awesome. And I want to be part of, um, you know, what they're doing. And then a big part of what, what I do is um, the rainmaking. I'm out there meeting new clients and uh, developing new relationships and, and there's not enough time for that. And then just time for thinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) yeah, you know, just like chill, just take a chill pill and think, you know, that's sometimes when you're the most creative is, um, you know, when you're not just doing, 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 you know, sometimes we have to remember we are human beings, not human doings. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well said. Well said. So let's jump into um, resources because I know you have a ton of those, Nancy. You uh, always have good advice. Um, What what resources would you direct uh, a manufacturer or an artisan to check out? Books, apps, what's, um, uh, what resources would you put at the top of your list? Well, of course, I mentioned MailChimp and Constant Contact, and I would recommend either or both of those for creating and sending out your monthly e-newsletters or or even email blasts if you have special things going on. I also think, you know, I use Google Contacts, actually, Mm -hmm. to keep lists of uh, my own contacts, and you can create groups in Google Contacts, so that's a free resource. One thing I have always done is just maintain lists of my contacts. And I think there's nothing more important. You know, if you're at a craft show or a trade show, you've got to be collecting people's business cards or people's contact information. And you need to figure out how to save that and uh, and communicate with people. So, again, that's where HubSpot, mm-hmm. which is uh, HubSpot.com, would come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I also use this app called Calm. C-A-L-M, <laughs> which is kind of like Headspace. But, um, you know, I'm a type A driven person and I have a hard time calming myself down mm-hmm. sometimes. So I use that, you know, for a little 10 minute meditation. Sometimes I use it at night to help me fall asleep. Yeah. And sometimes I use it in the middle of the night to fall back asleep if my mind is too busy. So <sighs> that has been really helpful for me. And then an author who I've really been impacted by recently is Elizabeth Gilbert who oh, wrote Eat, yeah. Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. And she has a new book called Creative Magic. Yeah. And I would highly recommend That's that. That's a great and book. Also, you've read it? Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It's a great read. About balancing your creative and your pragmatic side. Yeah. 
you know, those of us, I, I mean, I, I am not necessarily a maker, but I have a creative mind and mm-hmm. my mind is always thinking of new things to do, but sometimes you have to go back to the basics and just do the, the drudgery, mm-hmm. the <laughs> grinding out the work, you know, sometimes putting out the monthly e-newsletter seems like drudgery, but mm-hmm. it's just vitally important. Yeah. And then as far as you asked about a healthy habit, mm-hmm. that's important for yeah. me. I just say sleep. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't underestimate the power of sleep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there are certain people in business who try to one up each other by saying, oh, yeah, I only need four hours or I only mm-hmm. need five hours. And I really like eight hours of sleep if I can, you know, and I think it helps you to stay alert during the day, obviously, and creative. And it also helps you from aging mm-hmm. prematurely. And as you get older, you realize that life is precious and you don't want to age faster <laughs> than you should. And I know I've heard a lot of research coming out on just how essential sleep is, whether, you know, for heart, whether for regeneration, for just good mental health. So that's a great, you know, and it feels so easy, like, oh, I'll just sneak by on six hours or four hours or whatever. But uh, there's a price you pay, uh, I think, for, for shortcutting that. Yeah, and you also can be really short with other people. I know that, you know, and my kids are grown now, but when they were younger, when I was overtired, I would sometimes be really short with them or I wouldn't have the patience that I should have had. And yeah. when I think back on that, I, I feel badly because I think I sometimes was not patient the way I should have been. And I know if I had gotten more sleep, probably would have been more patient. Yeah. Hopefully they'll forgive me. <laughs> I think we all, we've all been there. So, uh, so anyway, so Nancy, uh, the, those were your healthy habits. Any other uh, recharge? How do you recharge aside from good night's sleep and on that end? Anything? Well, else? I love to swim. I have always, I've always been a swimmer. My mother is a great swimmer or was, you know, always a waterfront director or a swimming instructor at. And swimming, especially in open water, has always been just really, uh, it just has always given me like a new lease on life. And actually, a friend, John Rizzo, who uh, he now works at Thornton Academy, actually, but he used to be the headmaster of Carabas at the Academy where my kids went to school. Uh, he, he was reminiscing about a time back in the 80s when a group of us we're lucky enough to be to go sailing on a forty-two set foot forty-two foot sailboat in Penobscot Bay nice. in Maine, and um, there was one day when I actually swam for maybe you know a mile or more in the ocean water, which oh, is pretty wow. cold, yeah. uh, behind one of the guys who was like rowing a small rowboat, and I was just swimming, and I it, there's just uh, again I'm a really extroverted yeah. person, and uh, for me just to put me in water <laughs> where I could just look at the bottom of the water and be kind of quiet in my own head. It's very good for me. I should do it every single day. I don't, but I, 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 that's going to be one of my new year's resolutions for 2018. <laughs> that's great. In the zone, in the zone. It's, yeah, totally. That's how you, I get a state of flow and uh, calms my mind. And obviously it's good for your, body physically so that's, yeah it's a great 
It's a great habit. Terrific. Well, we're going to wrap it up, Nancy. But before we do, is there anything else that we uh, haven't mentioned that you'd like to cover? And um, some parting advice that you might share with our audience? Well, I mean, I think I'd like to just go back to figuring out what is your superpower? What can you do like better than most other people, if not better than anybody? And, um, you know, I, I feel like I figured out my superpower in leading a PR agency. And uh, I think that one of the things that Elizabeth Gilbert writes about is, you know, don't be afraid because fear and creativity cannot coexist. Mm. So, um, you know, when you feel that fear starting to creep in, Mm -hmm. just push that fear aside and remember that, you know, you're doing what you were born to do and um, just embrace it. And then I always try to take the things that I'm not so good at, for example, like bookkeeping and billing and all of those administrative tasks and find, find other people to do those things. Um, I feel like there's a lot more people in this world who can do those sort of things that we might consider mundane Mm -hmm. and allow us to be creative. So let other people, uh, and for some people, uh, being a creative bookkeeper is what they Mm -hmm. were born to do. You know, we all have our superpower. We all have our gift. So uh, finding what that is, uh, you know, is, is uh, wonderful when, when you realize, you know what, I, I know what my strengths are and I'm, you know, I, I'm in full step with those. So you're one of those, Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Steph. Anyway. All right. Well, one last thing I want to share. I want to share that right now, Facebook advertising is probably the most cost-effective way of getting your word out. And um, some people do organic Facebook, which is great. And what I mean by that is just posting on Facebook every day or whenever. But um, And then sometimes people boost posts, which is good. But really to have a very strategic Facebook campaign where you're targeting your target audience and you're putting out content, uh, paid content through Facebook, Right now, in this day and age, that is the most cost-effective means of marketing and promoting your your products. So I'd encourage people to learn more about that. Terrific. Terrific. Now, I know uh, there is an ability to find custom audience, whether you bring in your email list, whether you bring in your phone numbers of your clients, uh, geographic, or there's so much there. So, and really from a, a budget standpoint, really affordable. Exactly. Exactly. Terrific. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. It was great to have you on today. And if people want to get in touch with you, how should they reach out to you? Well, thank you, Stepha. Um, if they go to marshallpr.com, um, right on the homepage, you can actually sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. And if you'd like to send me an email, I, I respond to all my emails, and it's nmarshall, just two L's, at marshallpr.com. I'm also on Twitter as Maine PR Maven, and um, I do enjoy tweeting and corresponding with people there. And I'm also very uh, connected on LinkedIn. So uh, I'd encourage people to check out my LinkedIn profile. 
um, because I really do uh, advocate for really fleshing out your LinkedIn profile and using that to broaden your network also. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Nancy. We appreciate having you on. Thank you, Stefa. (laughs) Visit artisanswholesale.com for show notes with resources and links that help you work smarter, earn more, and live better.